Let's talk about the show Cheaters. Yeah? Is that show about like my my parents' reading glasses? Cheaters? Oh, okay. <laughs> Not my parents. Is that show about my parents' <laughs> reading glasses? Reading glasses? <laughs> <laughs> he like, looked horrified. Well, yeah. Let's see what he expects. Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Remember when we recorded with catching foxes on Monday? Wow, that was awesome. It was interesting. Monday was such a productive day for me. Like it was not so productive. I got so much done, and because we had to record at 10 p.m. Eastern Central Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, and they record their podcast for like three hours. Yeah. And then I had to drive 45 minutes home. Yep. So I did not go to sleep very early that night. And I've been I've been recovering from that. Yeah, but I don't understand people when how you these... went to work that day. What? When when did you go to work that day, though? Oh, well, I, I got into work at like at like 11. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah, but it was still Some a really Some of us had to be day. up at 8 a.m. The next working. morning? No, but, well, I had to be up at 7 a.m. the next morning. Oh. But... I had to be at work at 8 a.m. Oh, on I still Monday. got up at 7. I wasn't going to, like, you know, waste the day sleeping in. I just didn't go to work that early. Man. I just Your can't. life is so difficult. I just get I, I, I just get thrown off for the next, like, two days. I understand uh-huh. that. Don't, don't pull that one-up BS on me, you piece <laughs> of garbage. Hold on. I'm going to defend myself here. You're not... You're like you're one of those people who's like when someone's like, oh man, it's kind of chilly in here. You're like, oh, I'm from I'm from Minnesota. You think this is cold? You've never like licked ice. <laughs> I don't know. I'm allowed to be tired without you being more tired than me. All right. This is these are independent experiences. Anyway, man, so, this yeah. car gets really good gas mileage. Yeah, but you ever flown in a plane? You ever flown in an airplane? <laughs> those My dad's a pilot for mileage. Nintendo. <laughs> Oh man! I'm sorry. I I don't want to belittle your experience, but at the same time, when you told me that on Monday that you went into work at noon, I was like, "Boy, yeah, I went into actually work at noon." Yes. Yeah. Which is different. It's different. But it was it it was really nice to be able to like wake up and like chill on Monday because my Sunday is rather hectic. But right, of course. But uh, yeah, I haven't recovered. I don't understand uh, how two thirty-year-old men with with wives and actual jobs can do that every week and survive. I think it's just because they love each other. I, that's what it is. It's all, It's just because it's not work. They don't come up with topics. They just talk. That's fair. I'd do anything for love, but I would not do that. Really? So that, that was for that, that meatloaf reference was for Nick Sharapa. <laughs> ah, I don't know what that was. But, uh, yeah, meatloaf. you think you have it bad. I wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom for the first 10 years of my life. <laughs> don't pee January. More like don't pee 2000, 2000 through 2010. I, uh, I went and to my over to my friend's house the other day, and I we were playing an online video game. It was like one of those shoot-em-ups, you know? Yeah, yeah. Titanfall 2 is the name, which apparently the kids really like. Uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not much of a gamer anymore, Mm-mm. and... Uh, I they allowed me to get on the mic, and and so I just kept I just kept making the same jokes every like five minutes, kind of on a loop, 
<laughs> and they kept responding to them as if it was the first time I was making the joke. So I kept saying things like, hey, you guys ever play Fortnite? <laughs> just and just and every couple of minutes I'd be like, you, you got, this game reminds me a lot of Fortnite. You guys ever played Fortnite? And they'd be like, yeah, we play Fortnite. And I was like, well, what's your favorite gun? Like, just stupid, stupid stuff. And then I would say, what's this game called? And they'd say Titanfall 2. And I'd say, this reminds me of Minecraft. You guys ever play Minecraft? And oh I would just do gosh. that. I just did it over and over again. One of the things that I said is, hey, you guys you guys probably live in houses, right? And they're like, yeah. And they said, you got a toilet in there? And they're like, yeah. And I said, that's <laughs> nice. I wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom for the first 10 years of my life. And they were like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> How old were these people? They were my age. They were your age. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like you're pay- playing the game and you're not necessarily paying a ton of attention. Yeah, I I did, I did mess up. Cause well, okay, so here's this is a, this is we're I'll tell the story. So please, one do. of the guys, one of the guys was talking about how he loved marijuana, uh-huh. and he said like Mary Jane. I was talking about God or something, and because I like to defend the Lord on in the in the chats. You know? <laughs> the Lord Defender has logged on. <laughs> I know. And the the one guy was like, "The only god I need is Mary Jane. She takes all my problems away." And everyone's like, "All right." And I was like, "That's probably not good for you." And he's <laughs> like, he said, "Well, it's not like I'm black or anything." And I was like, "What? Uh, now it's time for you I to stop." Like, Dog <laughs> Dr. King did not die for this. You cannot be saying stink things like that. Like, yeah. That is not cool. It's Black History Month. This is not <laughs> Yeah. This is not your month. Oh my gosh. That reminds me that reminds me of that um like he was obviously trying to make a point, right? He was like, Oh man, people like they're police mm-hmm. profiling and all that stuff, but it just came out like It came wrong. out the worst way possible. That reminds me of that one that one person who's trying to trying to call Donald Trump racist. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> mentioned like they were talking about illegal immigration and she made a joke of like now who's gonna take care of your house donald trump and who's gonna clean your toilets yeah it was supposed to be something woke and it ended up being kelly osborne is that ozzy osborne's kid i think it was yeah Yeah. it was like when you try to be you try and try to be woke and it's like no please please don't do stuff like that. that just don't do that yeah it's worse. It's like, <laughs> and the way that the that video is so bad because the way that she did it, she did it as kind of like a drop mic moment, and she was expecting applause, and everybody in the audience was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, like, no, no, you no, did it wrong. You did, you did it wrong. <laughs> you dropped the mic on a puppy. <laughs> you can't you just the, you dropped the mic on the country south of the border. You can't do <laughs> you that. You can't do that. They don't deserve it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So how about those? Uh, Democratic primaries. <laughs> I wasn't aware there was a debate in between each one. <laughs> I just is there don't, really? There is. There actually Gosh. is a debate in between every single one. Doesn't that, everybody just know what's going to happen? And that no matter who no runs, one knows what's going to happen. Is going to lose to the incumbent? No, here's the thing. This is how this is how politics in America works. Tell me, Pat. You need You're to the get guy that knows. you need to get your sound bites in. Did you know that that Abraham Lincoln, mm. and I think it was Douglas, was the guy he was running against. Mm-hmm. He they would have debates all across the country that lasted like the Lincoln Douglas four debates. hours. Yeah, there's a yeah. whole event in high school named after it. Really? <laughs> yeah, like oh. Lincoln Lincoln Douglas debating. Yeah. Yeah. How long does each side talk? Like eight minutes. Yeah. So if it was a true Lincoln Douglas debate, this is how it would work. Douglas would get like one hour and a, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Or like no, he would get 
an hour and a half to talk. Okay. And then Lincoln would get two hours to respond. And then Douglas would get a half hour to respond to him. And Mm. these were like four hour events where like one time Douglas had like a three hour opening statement and Lincoln got up and it was five o'clock in the evening. He was like, how about we all just go eat dinner and come back? Because I feel like you guys need time to digest that. We're all getting kind of hungry and I'm going to take at least as long as he did. And so everyone went, got dinner and came back for another three hour debate. That's so nice. Could you imagine? That doesn't happen. And now we have like 20 people on stage and they each get five minutes to say something and they're and all they're just like trying to get the best sentence, you know? Really eager to start speaking in Spanish to let people know that they care about them. Yeah. And it's, it's all like, it's all optics and it's not it's not like it's not intellectual. Yeah, and this is this hap this is because of television. This, yes. Of that course. book that I was talking about, like television doesn't allow for three hour debates. Fun. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't allow for fun. It doesn't allow for three-hour debates, yeah. at least not con- constant debates. The debates are like three hours, I think, because you have to break it up by commercials, and it has to be entertaining uh. and all this stuff. Um, so it's just interesting to think about how something as seemingly innocuous as the television would change politics. Seemingly innocuous. The thing that everybody yes. <laughs> cried out, this is going to ruin the American family. Yeah, the and innocuous it television. Yeah. Yeah. Something is like something that we take for granted, like television, right? Something that we take for granted. It changed the way our politics works. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not innocuous, but when you were introduced to it as a kid, you're like, this is just a normal part of life. You know, this is why, in some part, the rise of podcasts has been horrendous because it it's insufferable to hear people talk about their favorite podcast. Um, but the rise of podcasts is also great because you you get things like long form interviews that can be really good. If the the guy doing it or the girl doing it is not a complete and total bughead, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I I think it is good that Joe Rogan has his thing, but he thinks that people only know about God because of psychedelics or whatever, <laughs> and you know, and it's just like, yeah. are we really? This is the guy that this is the guy that we're gonna let have the most popular interview podcast. This is in, the podcast in the world. This is the one that we've chosen. And no doubt his interviewing skills are incredible and he's got a wide range of knowledge and um, on lots of things and can ask great questions and yeah, all that stuff. He's good. But like thinking about what we had right with Lincoln and Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's it's just crazy to it. I like I could see us trending in that direction, but also like the imprint of television can be seen on the podcast. Yes. Uh, on the yeah, I don't. I see. I don't know if if we could ever. I don't know if we have the attention span to go back to three hours of constant debating, um, because it's just. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way with all the people that would be involved in the sound stages and the lights. Yeah, and the cues and all that stuff. There's no way. There's no way it could happen in this day. And that's which just is sad. ridiculous because sad it should be easier to have now. Yes, because it's you can actually like have an auditorium that's air conditioned and it's okay to mm-hmm. wear flip flops instead of wearing whatever they wore in the 1800s, freaking like three piece suits with an ascot and a top hat, and you're like, I'm going to go to the debates today. You know? Oh yes, the men were so oppressed wearing their ascot. <laughs> <laughs> my only, my only, my on, the only. Women everywhere way. in uh, what are those things called that cinched their waists? Oh yeah, corsets. Yeah, women everywhere in corsets are shaking their fists at you from their graves, saying ascots <laughs> were nothing compared to this crap. This crap, you 
you white man wearing a Listen, at least flannel shirt with the sleeves rolled up. All I'm saying is, <laughs> all I'm saying is, at least in terms of formal wear, dresses got more comfortable and more e- and easier to wear in cold air. Yes. We still have to wear three piece suits. This is the only way that men are oppressed. Shorts. <laughs> the only person, the only person who ever got away with wearing dress shorts in public was LeBron James. LeBron James, and, and he I didn't still, even get away. From, he didn't even get away with it. I still think about that look all the time. Like Does that it, is every time I have to put on a, pants. Every time I gotta, <laughs> every time I gotta get dressed for church, I think, what if I just pulled a LeBron and wore dress shorts and a dress jacket and tiny little glasses that made me look like an accountant, and I could be the most famous man in the world. But no, I gotta wear khakis. I gotta wear khakis, <laughs> and now I'm not the most famous person in the world. No, I'm not the most famous. All of a sudden, I've lost. 150 pounds of muscle and i'm not billion dollars rich so sad and starring in space jam 2 starring in space jam 2 which i'm excited to see but i i know that it's gonna be really you know what the most out of left field thing is would be is if space jam 2 was actually really freaking good yeah that would be that would there's no way that it's gonna happen because the lead actor is lebron james (laughs) who's i mean he's not the worst actor in the world. He can't be any worse than Michael Jordan was. But fair at acting. But if that movie turned out to be just really, really funny and really good, and not totally just chock full of uh, advertisement, yeah, it is the Looney Tunes. It is. So I miss them. <laughs> as, if, as if we hung out <laughs> we should get the looting dudes back on this podcast we yeah. should get them <laughs> my, my favorite thing was was hopping onto a call and hearing this is a very good podcast <laughs> oh uh, i miss i miss old you know the chomping you had to edit out bugs as the tasmanian devil the roadrunner mm-hmm. etc yes you ever see that? You ever see the Looney Tunes? Uh, they would have like all these spinoffs where it's like the Looney Tunes, but babies, the Looney yes. Tunes, but in high school, the Looney Tunes, yes. but superheroes. Did you see that one? I did see. I've seen all of these. That one was my favorite. The what was it called? The the anim. It was like the the two the two the two Toon Titans. No, Toon Titans. Can you imagine Teen Titans with the characters of the Looney Tunes fighting against Slade and? all these evil villains and just being the Looney Tunes. Yeah. It was like, they all had their own special powers. I forget who, what do you mean? The oh, Looney like, Tunes. They all had their own special uh, powers. Like Wiley Coyote uh, was like the Kowalski. He had uh, all the yes. technology. Did you just use the penguins of Madagascar to describe the Looney Tunes? Yeah. So that's a little backwards. Don't you think? Also <laughs> <laughs> reverse. Maybe a little. Anyway. Well, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, glad everybody's here. Um, if you would like Patrick and I to host three-hour live debates back and forth, uh, have us you for a thing. Send us an email. I, you know what, we haven't done in a while a live show. A live show. You know, we we haven't we haven't done a live show in a while, and we need to. Um, I think we really really need to. Someone someone bring us out. If you've if you've been sitting in your car hearing us talk, and you're like, man, what if this happened, but in real life? Right in front of me. Now I is could, the time to pick up your phone and dial info at thecrunchcast.com. You have the ability. <laughs> you have the ability to stop holding. having When you listen to our podcast, I know each and every one of you has a little basket of raw tomatoes that you hold next to you so that you can throw them at whoever's nearby because you can't throw them at us. Yeah. But if we were to come to your local city, state, town, parish, diocese conference, 
you could throw those tomatoes right at us instead of getting your pants all dirty. Yeah, we really, yeah, we, and then we could do a live show, which we, again, we haven't done in a very long time. And by a very long time, I mean, literally we did one last month. What are you talking about? (laughs) We did one last month, but it was institutional. It was for, you know, it was a given that we were going to be there. And we also didn't get paid for it. I want to go somewhere fresh, (laughs) like Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, wait. (laughs) Patrick, never living it down without me. Oh my gosh! You know how can am I am I allowed to talk about how frustrating trying to get a book published is? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I I feel like a crazy. I feel like an absolute crazy person yeah, sending yeah, yeah. out book proposals to authors to not authors to publishers because I feel like I have I I've been I've been I did it a lot on Monday and that was basically what I was doing. I just there's there's this like. The, but essentially, the book got rejected because I'm not famous enough. Fine, right? That's fair. <laughs> Put them on blast. <laughs> turns out you need. Turns out you need to be famous enough to sell books. But or also, hot. or hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I have both of those things. Give me a book, gosh dang it! So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's ways. like you need you need to be you need to be famous. You need to be a, like a a famous speaker to right to get a book published. You can sell books, but then also like if you yeah. want to if you want to speak, you have to have a book published. Mm-hmm. that's it's like the it's like the um you need a job to get experience and experience to get a job sort of thing i don't know apparently a podcast is not enough exposure no and i don't th- what, this is the interesting thing maybe this is a bit too much inside baseball but this is the interesting thing about the catholic media slash popular american catholicism world yeah is that like there's no new faces yep everyone's pretty much a part of the old guard like everyone yeah. who's a part of the the you know who's going to be at the conferences you know who's going to be at this you know who's going to be at that there's no one really coming up that's like you y- knew yeah and it's all because like they made friends with professors or people at benedictine or they made friends with people yeah. or professors at franciscan or they made yeah. friends with you know like and it's just the way that it, it creates a certain uh vibe for lack of a better more charitable word that or less charitable word um that is just it permeates everything and it makes everything kind of bleached out yeah and it's just kind of like all the same bleached out was a good word too um yeah <laughs> uh yeah because when when i was at when i was with the door any and i sat down any hickman i don't know if you know that we talked we talked about what steubenville conferences used to look like and he said there was something along the lines of like you get you would get recommended by someone mm-hmm. and they'd they'd talk to you and then they'd put you on. You know, that yeah. was how it used to work. Now, in order to to speak at a Steubenville conference, you need to be asked to apply. Mm-hmm. Then you need to apply and you need mm-hmm. to have like a video of you speaking to a crowd of eight hundred or more. That's that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Which is like I get it. You can't with a with an institution like people trust Steubenville, right? Yes. So you don't want people like Gomer said on, on the episode of Catching Foxes, he's never met someone in the green room that's a jerk. <clears throat> Which is good, and we want to keep that up, right? Because so you like, haven't been in the green room yet. What? <laughs> <laughs> now I got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right. It's there's is there is there a way? There's no system in place that brings new people in. Um, mm. And I mean, maybe it's just because we haven't waited long enough. I don't know. Like, maybe when I we could... were in high school, it was pretty much the same people. Yeah. But we were in it's high been... school like recently. We were in high school coming up on 
almost te- it's almost ten years ago. You That's know? fair. Ten yeah, years we, ago we I was thirteen. Yeah, yeah, we were about to be freshmen, and so it's like, and I was I could I was going to conferences and hear like I heard heard Matt Fred speak ten years ago when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, you and know? he was and already like, speaking for ten years. Exactly, and yeah. he's already been doing it, and so it's just. It's not bad because these people are great, and you meet them, and they're they're wonderful, and they're very holy, and and they also they also change, and they're like they're yeah they're, they're always they're, they're not saying they're not giving the same same talks talks yeah they're the evolving like if you've noticed if you've noticed men's talks have gotten better marketedly I mean when I was in high school they were stop touching yourself for the love of God please and now they're like here's how to actually be a man I think there's I think there's something good that's changing there but like step, step out of Davy Jones locker and into the light. <laughs> That was a good way to pull in an inside joke. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was, I like that. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Two or three people that listen to the show are going to get that and they're going to be freaked out. Wonderful. <laughs> um, I know everything. I know everything. But yeah. Trinity it, Hall. It's. Yeah. That, I, I guess I guess this is the right place for me to air my frustrations. I yes, feel a little, it is. I, I feel a little I frustrated. We should, get more, we should get more racy on this podcast. We should yeah, really start to yeah. put people on blast. And like uh, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to get mad at people about at, at institutions for making for making choices that have have something to do with like what's marketable, right? I get that to an extent. You need to make money, need to keep the doors open. But what it something is, I, I feel like I, I feel like I have something good, and I feel like I have something to say, and I feel like I'm yeah. I'm limited in where I can say it based on my knownness, which is mm. which is fine. I mean, like, yeah. Cause like, if if the only people that I can ever talk to about right like the complementarity of men and women right if the only people that I can talk to about that are people that listen to this podcast and my high school students that's fine. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to people about this, they're like, I I wish I had heard this a long time ago. Or everyone needs to t- everyone needs to be talking about this. And so I want I want to write a book on it. Gosh dang it! And half of and Phoebe and my mom keep saying, just write the book and publish it yourself. And I'm like, ah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think about in the history of the church, how good things got disseminated by yeah. good and holy people. And because it's, yeah, there were obviously the writings of the saints, right? And they were mm-hmm. made popular by like a cult of personality that people just loved their work and was dedicated to their work and found God through their work. And so they spread it um, because yeah. it was a priority. But you also got to remember that there were people who distributed the writings of the saints that were also very holy and trying to like share, you know, those types of things. And so yeah. it's like, I obviously hope that you're a saint and hope that you write things that make people like see God and desire to share it with other people. But also like you're sharing things about other saints, like mm. Edith Stein, Stein and John Paul the second. And like all these, you're like, you've brought together the theology and the spirituality of all these great saints. And you kind of put it into one place and you're like, I think this is all important about this specific topic. Mm-hmm. And so I think based on the history of the church, there's no reason why that should not get popular if it's good, you know, that's fair. And yeah. so, yeah, maybe you should publish it yourself, but at the same time, like how did they, how did the back in the day, how did they get popular? Did everyone have a printing press? Did they, did they use a loom? I was it was there was Eli Whitney's the cotton gin involved? I have no idea. Well, definitely not, but <laughs> almost assuredly not. Uh, yeah, like what? Um, well, the printing did, press, the printing press wasn't invented until the monastery like the 1400s. did it. All. Yeah. yeah, so like people who to, wrote books, like Bonaventure and Aquinas wrote books because they and then were did they just professors? Did, did they just? But th- was there just one copy? Did they just hand? Was there a was there a Xerox? <laughs> How did it get out there? 
they yeah the monks the monks copy the scribes the with copy well you gotta get some monks that's what i gotta do all right you if gotta- you want to be a part of my monks <laughs> come to <laughs> come to my house email us uh, call 1-800-22-CRUNCH 1-800-22-CRUNCH yeah it's not a real number that could be it could be it somebody could be. call that number we need to probably buy that number before somebody starts getting all these calls yeah really um, go ahead and call that number if you're listening to this right now. And Tell us what it'll, happens. It'll be some some woman in Tallahassee, or it's going to be one of us. <laughs> Those are the two options. <laughs> yes. You hear a woman, hello. You see someone like a really like <laughs> North Florida, howdy, click. <laughs> I might answer with howdy. I answer howdy on the phone sometimes. I say howdy all the time, yeah. Howdy. I did start saying howdy when I moved to Texas, mm-hmm. and Phoebe made fun of me for it. Because you were in Houston. It, it wasn't because I moved to Texas. It was because of the meme? It was because of the meme. Yeah. Howdy. Yeah. I'm the sheriff of Howdy. <laughs> There's gold in them, Lord. There's gold in them. <laughs> okay. Speaking of uh, speaking of gold, we got some gold sent to us from a couple of our friends. We're not doing our own personal hot takes. We're doing exclusively listener-submitted hot takes. So let's let's take a ride in the hot take time machine. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. If you have a hot take five years or older uh, that you want to send us about the prime of media. What is the Hot Take Time Machine? The Hot Take Time Machine is the place where we share the the prime (laughs) of our (laughs) Our social social media media posting. posting. If you have a hot take five years years or older, if it's five years, if it can vote. No, if it's <laughs> if it's old enough to go to preschool, five years or older, send it in to Ethan at thecrunchcast.com or Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. I know that there are many, many, many of you out there that have hot takes that are just waiting for to send them in. And you're so, holding on to them and you're saying, Ethan and Patrick are going to suffer. They're going to suffer for this content. And this is the means of their sanctification. When go would, on desktop. Go on Twitter's desktop and go to the advanced search and search from date to date. You can do it month at a time and you can mm-hmm. find a bunch of your old stuff. Or you can go on Facebook, go to your profile, scroll down, and right at the top ribbon, right, there's a place you can say view posts from 2015, 2014, 2013 even. Any of those years um, or earlier. It's time to stop keeping the content to yourself. It's time to start sharing the it's love. It's time to share. If you're it's ready, time to share. It, it's time to share. What was the point of posting Green Day lyrics on Facebook in the year circa 2010 if you weren't going to give those lyrics to us so that we can read them? Don't be an American idiot. You've done that twice in the past month. <laughs> I've done that twice in the past it. week. <laughs> I'm going on holiday. If you if you didn't now nah, fine I'll do I'll do it this way instead. <laughs> what was the point of posting "Never Shout Never" and the "Ready Set" lyrics on Facebook if you weren't going to share them with I us? I don't know those bands. Oh, they were bad. Really? Yeah. Well, not to a middle schooler. We had a lot of emotions. Really? Yeah. I had a lot of emotions. I listened to a lot of red jumpsuit apparatus when I was when I was that old. Our first our first hot take time machine comes from a priest, Father Brad oh. Doyle. Really, Father Brad? Yeah, what Father Brad from the the Quizzical Papist podcast. Uh, he tweeted a bunch from uh, the year March. Sorry, no, he sent us a bunch the of... The year March. The year March. <laughs> he sent us a bunch of posts from uh, 2012. So here's here's a post from March, 12, March 2nd, 2012. We'll be finishing up the French Revolution next week. 
What shouldn't I leave out? Are there any particular bad things done in the name of liberty that I should know about? And I thought this was funny because obviously when I first read it, I realized that he's talking about a French Revolution class, right? He's in a class with the French Revolution. But the way he worded it sounds like (laughs) he's doing the French Revolution. Revolution. I'll be finishing finishing up the French Revolution next week. What What shouldn't I leave out? Are there any particularly bad things done in the name of liberty I should know about <laughs> so I can do them? <laughs> Thank you, Father Brad, for not doing evil things in the name of liberty. Does anybody have any news on Robespierre? Has he been up to anything <laughs> lately? I miss that guy. You know, what? tell me about, uh, hey, when's Bastille Day? Does anybody when's know when, Bastille is, Day? When's Bastille Day? That's February 20, uh, no. 21st, right? Yep. Bastille Day. No, it's July 14th. It's July 14th. You can remember because it's also Todd's birthday from <laughs> Bojack Todd. Horseman. Oh, really? <laughs> he walks in. He's like, it's my birthday. You can remember because it's July 14th, which is also so Bastille, Bastille Day. Day. I think it was my my sophomore year AP European history teacher's wife's birthday as well. <laughs> and she might have moved on from being the wife of a, f- a former Lutheran pastor uh, now AP European history teacher to become Todd in the hit television show Bojack Horseman. Oh, you started saying that she moved on from being his wife, and I was like, that's sad. She passed on from this life and has ascended the astral plane and is now a 2D animated (laughs) character. Um, The only property she's retained is that her birthday is on Bastille Day. (laughs) Do you know what the the Bastille is? Yeah, the Bastille is a Bastille is a common name given to English-speaking countries. No, no, no. this This is just off the dome. Uh, it's it's the National <laughs> Day of France, which, as we all know, celebrated on 14 July each year. In French, do you know how it, they say it? They say la fête nationale, which is uh, also, <laughs> if you say it in other French, it says le fontaine Julie. Um, and so it's the storming of Bastille, which uh, was a turning point in the French Revolution. Yes. Um, and so yeah, the 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 big part, the reason that it was a turning point was because before Bastille Day, there were a lot of people in France, and then after Bastille Day, they were all dead. And so (laughs) it's kind of unfortunate for the French. Oh, my gosh. Do you actually know any? I remember seeing a painting of Bastille Day. Oh, yeah, so the Bastille It just shows the soldiers on top of the thing just murking peasants down below with uh, gunpowder rifles. Yeah, so it became like a symbol of mm-hmm. the king's power in France. It was an armory. I think uh, it was also a prison, but there weren't a lot of prisoners. Um, yeah, so the storming of the Bastille was a turning point because it made the peasants feel like they could do something about the government. Yeah, isn't that the battle that Eddie Redmayne died in? I don't, I don't know. That name does not sound French. <laughs> <laughs> and his his adopted father Hugh Jackman died in a. In a monastery on a mountain overlooking the carnage? Yeah, no. According to Steve the Missionary, the French Revolution and Les Mis are unrelated. Yeah, they're not the same at all. <laughs> I think I think the I think Les Mis does refer to something that happened as a result of the French Revolution. Yes. It was the it was Revolution Part Two, but it was like a direct to video sequel. Like it wasn't nearly as big or successful. <laughs> it wasn't nearly as big. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly true. Yeah. That's exactly the case. Um 
Yeah, so the real, the real, like nothing, it's funny, Bastille Day is funny because there's really honestly, <laughs> it wasn't a big political or like strategic uh-huh. victory. Right. It was just. It was just when a bunch of people died. We got guns now, baby. We got guns now. Yes. And you, you know how we're going to use them? They didn't even use guns. Actually, can we talk about how the French Revolution was really bad? Yeah. Like for just a brief second. Do you know how many priests and nuns they killed during the French oh, Revolution? so many. Like so many. Yeah. Like they crippled the church in France. Yes. That's so sad. Like they would yeah. like literally tie them to to rocks and drop them in rivers. Yeah. It just ugh. Yeah, the French Revolution was not good. Yeah, they um, had to they had to rein that in. It's Has anybody been infringing on liberty? Does anybody know about any <laughs> anything I should know about? Yeah, it was really bad. It's kind of it's funny because Is it? It's animal farm like if you read animal farm it's the french revolution even though animal farm wasn't about the french revolution it's like the same thing it's like well, it's just that the whole point is that all revolutions are kind of the same yes yep yeah which is why the christian revolution is so different than all the other ones Mm -hmm. because it does not seek to gain power and then oppress it seeks to be humble and put yourself at the foot of the table rather than at the head. You don't expect to learn something during Hot Take Time Machine. You don't, but you know that's that's the beauty about this podcast is that we uh, it's the uh, it's the it's the Bastille Day of Catholicism. <laughs> uh, hey, you got that, a hot take for us, Ethan? Yeah, it's too bad that Les Mis was just the Kronk's new groove of the French Revolution. <laughs> All right, yeah, I do. Have oh a hot take. man, that was good. Thanks. <laughs> Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, yeah, so we had a good friend of the show send me in two, and I might, I might split them up. I did, might do one this week and one next week, depending on how much mileage we get out of this guy. But, uh... Good friend of the show, Patrick Tolls, um, the other Patrick, the other much bigger, much more intimidating physically Patrick. I could um, take him. You could take him. Did you guys meet? You guys hung out at SLS, so. right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's a hard guy to forget, and so are you, so I can't imagine. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome <laughs> for very different reasons. So Pat, Pat's uh, really putting himself out there with this hot take. A uh, little embarrassing, a little... Um, Maybe, I don't know, we might have to have a conversation. But So here's here it is. This is Patrick's Holes, April 23rd, 2010. We really, this is 10 years ago, we're diving deep. Question, <laughs> if a woman speaks her mind in the forest and a man is not around to hear him, is she wrong? Answer, indeed, women are always wrong <laughs> and always is spelled incorrectly. Four likes, uh, a couple comments. The first one says, Pat, we need to talk. And then he responds and says, let me rephrase that, dot, 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 dot. High school women. <laughs> oh, he's serious. 
And then she replied and said, we still need to talk with a smiley face. (laughs) Who is it? Who needs to talk? Uh, it's, I must be like a relative or a friend. Yeah. Tell me it's like his mom, please. It's, it's not his mom, but it looks like an aunt potentially. Oh man. That sounds like, that sounds like women are always wrong. A L L W A Y S always (laughs) wrong. What I love about that is that that sounds like something that someone would say ironically now and it'd be hilarious. Yes. But he was saying it, but he was saying it serious, dude. Have we come full circle? Wait a second. Is it ironic? Is it ironic? It's, it's ironic like that, now. It's like that subreddit, Gamers Rise Up. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be ironic, but then actual people that are racist started taking it over. <laughs> yeah. The internet is a cesspool. We need to delete it. Yeah, I, I'm curious as to what um, crimes were done against Pat in his high school that led him to have such a bad experience with high school women, quote unquote, Yeah, that uh, he had to post this on his social media because it's a direct call out. <laughs> like somebody somebody is getting the heat for this. Hey Siri, how do we uninstall the internet? <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. Hey Siri, how how hey Siri, how do we uninstall the internet? Okay. I found this on the web for how do I uninstall the internet. Perfect. Check it out. <laughs> hey Siri, how do I uninstall this bit? <laughs> this on the web for how do i uninstall this bit oh look it's a it's a web page that just says kick patrick off (laughs) kick patrick off the podcast that's crazy how (laughs) smart google is (laughs) oh man (sighs) (laughs) okay you all right (laughs) i have no more i have no more to say for that bit okay that's good i'm glad well uh, in any case, that was the hot take time machine. We're really glad that you joined us uh, for this grand old segment. If you have any uh, hot takes, maybe about Lincoln Douglas debate, uh-huh. um, feel free to send them in. We would love to read them. We'd love to put you on blast. We'd love to, uh, you know, learn a little bit. Maybe, maybe have some spiritual lessons. Maybe have some uh, emotional lessons. And now it's time for crunch on that. Dang it. <laughs> Someone on the Patreon page, that's patreon.com slash the crunch, made fun of me for <laughs> rhyming that with that last <laughs> it's week. Because they don't rhyme it, they're the same word. I would like to point out that the hokey pokey <laughs> <laughs> rhymes about with about. When? Hold on. You put your. <laughs> shake it all about, you turn the. That's what it's all about. Yeah. What? Also, the hokey pokey is a, not a good dance to do. No. It's it's about hocus pocus, which is magic, and the doing the hands in and the feet in is all about doing incantations and summon summonings. That sounds like it's not that good. Sounds, t- that sounds fake. No, that's real. Look it up. On Hokey Wikipedia. pokey, hocus yeah. pocus, uh-huh. alakazam, uh-huh. shazam. That one's, that one's a Pokemon. Okay, Shaz- shazam. That's not a Pokemon. Which is a, an app. It's um, also it's also a uh, superhero, which, which is short for Apple, which is short for Adam and Eve ate the apple in the garden. Is, that's <laughs> not what app is short for. It's short for application. Okay, fine. Apps are on the App Store, which is used by Apple. apple. And then Apple was bit by man in the garden, which is a result of sin. So what I'm saying is hocus pocus equals sin. Sin. You're not gonna find this on any other podcast. This kind of in depth. Whatever. Crunch on that. Can you do that? Time for crunch on that. Jingle. 
It's time for crunch on that. That's what, that's all you're getting. What's last week? You rhymed. I can't. I just, okay, fine. Um, it has to get better every week until you have a, a, t- a 12 stringed orchestra behind you. <laughs> um, I just can't think of any rhymes. And I understand. I understand that the rhymes, the rhyming at is like something that everyone learns immediately. Immediately. It's the from easiest From the cat rhyme. in the hat. And Crunch like, on, we probably could not have picked an easier name for this segment for you to make rhymes <laughs> with. And yet you're sitting here, arms crossed, defiantly refusing <laughs> to do the most basic activity of human speech, which is to make noises that sound like other noises. <laughs> you can't even do it. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Are you Googling things I'm that Googling rhyme with rhyme that? Because you care so much. You I, care so much. I, but I know you're smart. Um, I know you don't need the internet for this. I'm sorry. This bit has fallen flat. <laughs> Time for a crunch on that. Yes! <laughs> that was so good. I didn't use the rhyme dictionary. You I did a great job. Thank you. We're so proud of you. I got another email that said, keep keep making them do the I know. Jingle. I got one. I got one, too. <laughs> I like how our audience likes to torture me. It's not torture if we're enjoying it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you, the U.S. military? Hey, you think those Guantanamo Bay guys really love their jobs? <laughs> Actually, uh, maybe they do. Um, let's see. So I uh, had a bit of a... Um, we get in trouble for that joke. Yeah. What? what so we get in trouble for that joke? That doesn't trouble? matter. No, we're not going to get in trouble for that joke. Um, nobody from the United States government listens to this podcast <laughs> yet. Do you think we'll ever get marked as dangerous? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're two suburban white boys with a podcast, with a mid-range Catholic podcast. It's not even mid-range. I think it's on the lower end. Uh, but well, no. I mean, if okay. you take all the Catholic podcasts not even exist. Okay, but think, 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 right? Uh-huh. Imagine the future, okay? I always do. The I reread uh, Elijah in Jerusalem. Gotcha. And so I got I got the Antichrist on the brain again, and that I'm rascally th- rascal. He he is a rascally, but I'm thinking about how the natural end, or like not natural, but like the inevitable end of government and like secularism and worldly things is to try to stamp out Christianity till the very, very end, right? When Christ returns. Yeah. 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 Like there's gonna be a great persecution, a great trial. And so, yeah. uh, John Paul II kind of predicted that we're in the end times a little bit. Um, Like there's a, he has this, this speech. There's Ralph Martin wrote this article called, Oh, hold on. um, Where he quotes, the um john paul the second hold on i'm gonna cut this out maybe i won't the cut this out you're not gonna cut me struggling over crunch on that i know but it's good okay it's called the final confrontation so pope john paul the second gave a talk or a speech or a whatever a homily in uh, 1976 which was like at the bicentennial of america whatever like for the bicentennial of america's founding and he talks about how we're in a final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, the Christ and the antichrist. And that was in 1976, which is f- almost 50 years ago now, 44 mm-hmm. years ago. And 
I'm not saying that the end of the world is coming soon, right? I don't. Yeah. It, it's hard to predict because it's because Jesus said it's impossible to predict. <laughs> it's really hard to predict. <laughs> really hard to God. predict. Yeah, because God said that you can't. Um, <laughs> but you got to imagine, right? As if things keep, keep going the way they're going, I don't think that like, yeah, with. I don't think any particular like president is just going to decide, ah, yes, we're going to outlaw Catholicism now or we're going to outlaw Christianity. It's not going to be that overt, but I do think that persecution is just going to keep growing more than just, oh, they're forcing Catholic hospitals to have contraception. You know, like there's, that's bad, but it's not, it's not really persecution, you know? Yeah. It's not as bad as it could be. Right. And so I can, I only imagine that it's going to get worse and worse. And I think if it, if it does accelerate like rapidly, which it could happen in the next 50 years, if you and I keep going the direction that we're going and we keep loving the church in the way that we do and we keep striving after sainthood, we're going to get marked as dangerous men. That's the whole point of what I've been oh. saying this whole time. Yeah. Is that I think you and I could get marked <laughs> for doing ministry and having like more than 2.2 children. Do you ever think huh. about that? Maybe I'm the only one that thinks about that. Um. I think that persecution looks different than it did. And I don't know if it's because I read Brave New World recently. But in Brave New World, people that think differently are ostracized. Not by the government, but by the people. The people. The people. Because socially, they're just thought of as strange. They're, and people get legitimately angry at them because they're like why would you not want to live this way you know like why wouldn't you want to why would you why would you want to have a family like seriously like in 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 brave new world i didn't notice this when i read it in high school but the word father and mother are like considered dirty words was aldous huxley a believing man I don't think so, hmm. but I think he realized he might have been because I think he realized the importance of religious structures and how religion, because one of the final, one of the final dialogues in the book is between a savage who lived outside of the world state John and the savage. one of John, the savage and the leader of the world state, Mustafa Mont and, and uh, Mustafa Mond talks about how Soma, the drug that everyone takes to feel good is the alternative to Christianity because Soma allows everyone to be happy, content, and nice to each other without any of the suffering that Christianity requires, without any of like the virtue. Yeah. And so he's like, by saying you don't want to buy into the, by saying you don't want to drink the Kool-Aid, you're essentially saying that pain is better than happiness, right? And he's like, no, I choose pain. I choose pain. I choose growth and virtue, right? And I think, what we're experiencing like culturally is like a cultural soma. It's not like an actual drug we take, but it's like the drug is a symbol for, you know, this, uh, an attitude, right? The drug is a symbol for like this attitude of whatever makes me happy. It's an, it's an attitude of as long as I'm not feeling pain, I can still be a good person and I'll go to heaven. You know, he was a humanist and a universalist. Oh, you were Googling Aldous Huxley's religion? Yeah, and he uh, he wrote about the commonalities between Western and Eastern mysticism, which is cool, I guess, and it like makes people think like, oh, well, like, it's crazy how humans are so good at like figuring out 
the mystical and it's like actually it's because god is universal and people want to know god and draws everybody to himself all the time so of course there's commonalities between western and eastern mysticism alduis huxley did you hear what i said about anything you're not even a very (laughs) good general of the first order um i did hear what you said but since we talked about it on catching foxes already we didn't talk about that on catching foxes already. oh about the cultural soma yeah we didn't talk about that we didn't go in depth on that oh do you want to go in depth on it now no i just did We can move on if you want. Nah. Well, I was listening, but I missed most of it. (laughs) Ah, so you were not listening. (laughs) Guys, get ready for a good old Lincoln-Douglas debate here. (laughs) Anyway. I I apologize. It's okay. Can can you say it again? I was reading about his mysticism stuff. What was (laughs) no bearing on? I need to find out if this guy's a Christian or not. (laughs) No, he he talked about he talked about uh, John the Savage was talking Uh about how Christianity or sorry Mustafa Mon was talking about how Christianity makes people good, Uh right? But Soma makes people good faster Uh without any suffering and oh okay no I think that's interesting because the first of all I apologize for not paying attention to you I got interested in a thing on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) No, I understand. I see shiny things all the time. Uh, second of all, that is fascinating because the that that's that's virtue signaling, right? Like people think that because yeah. they see like wokeness online, that they then are woke. Like they see virtue online, therefore they are virtuous. And mm-hmm. because it's um, it's interesting because back in back in time, let's say you lived in a village, a, a simple farming village in Austria. Um, between worlds war one and two okay uh everything was fine life had settled down um you were untouched by the politics of the big city and you were growing up i just saw a hidden life so or not too long ago so i'm still thinking about that that's like the (laughs) ideal town for me is the the city in a hidden life but yeah the you're growing up and your only examples of virtue around you are like the parish priest in town your father and like the other good men that you see around you in town. And the only examples of unvirtuousness that you see are like anybody else you see around town who is not virtuous for whatever reason, because they drink too much, because they're lazy, because they don't work, because they uh, lie or they steal or they do are dishonest, like whatever. And so you, it's very, it's much more tactile because you have to learn virtue through the people that you see. And then you have to realize like, oh, I have to do this in order to be like this person. I got to do this to be in order to be like this person. Yeah. Whereas when it's online and it all comes at you so fast, whiz bang, you read it and you see, this is why I think this is what you're talking about. The cultural soma, like we get so infused with the culture all the time. And so we see like, oh, this is what the culture sees as virtuous. So I'm going to read as much as I can about it. And by as much as I can about it, I mean whatever Twitter conversation is going on that day, whatever Instagram post I see about it that day. Um, and then I'm going to internalize that and make it a part of me at a yeah. very surface level. Yeah. And so I become good quickly because you can you can take on more virtue. I'm using scare quotes. You can take on more virtue quickly through social media. Yeah. Um, and, and like the, way the, that, the culture. The way that we've appropriated wokeness, which I think we did. You and I? And, and what? You and I? No, no, no. I'm uh, saying like the the um the pop culture appropriated wokeness. And by appropriation, I mean 
not just taking something on, but taking something and ch- and saying like this is ours Take now. It's changed on me. As as we learned from Aha when you Aha. take on someone else's culture. Um, no, so I think like Aha the way Huxley. the way that the way that the majority has appropriated wokeness is it's not about doing anything. It's about believing as long as you believe all the right things, you're virtuous and you're good. Mm. So you think your way into virtue, right? Like as long as you think all the right things, you don't you don't um you're not you can't sin right as long as you as long as you think all the right things you know and there or no sorry not that you can't sin as long as you think all the right things you're virtuous if you do something wrong you're canceled so it's this weird like it's it's this uh this this dichotomy where it's like bad actions make you a bad person but good thoughts make you a good a good person and then bad actions reveal your bad thoughts right and then good actions mean nothing yeah, good actions mean nothing. They're the, they're then rendered neutral. Yeah, good actions are good actions mean nothing because they're what they're just what you're this supposed is, to do. This is Protestantism. <laughs> oh wow, it is. Uh huh. You're right. I don't have a theology degree, but I I can connect the dots. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Can you tell pe- the people why that this is Protestantism? Because in Protestantism, we are just we are du- we are uh, snow covered dung heaps. Were piles of garbage, but covered with God's grace instead of infused with it, and so that's all that matters. It's like we're not we're not transformed human beings, right? We're just stagnant piles of bad that look good. And um, sola fide and sola scriptura means as long as you read and believe the right things, you're going to heaven. But then, if you do the wrong thing, that means you were never saved to begin with. It's not just Protestantism. It's it's which is classical. The classical Protestantism is different than than American Protestantism. Yeah. I think American Protestantism is if you do the wrong things, it shows that you were never saved to begin with, mm. right? Which is how which is how my my Protestant friends would square like a pastor having an affair. It's like oh well, he thought he was saved, he just wasn't. But then how do you know if you're saved? You can't actually have you can't actually have assurance only personal assurance and then you can see who else is not mm-hmm. you that's, can have assurance of salvation as long as you don't sin really badly yeah and then it's like well we can't actually be sure and it's like well who are we to say what sin is bad enough to say that that person yeah. didn't actually have salvation it's just, it all falls apart i it's funny because i have the the catholic answers pages on justification and grace open on my laptop right now and not that i'm going to read from them but i have been reading on them because Shout out to Catholic Answers. Shout out to Catholic Answers for providing dumbos like me in-depth uh, dives into these things that are readable, but also like not just baby's first introduction to like because I know what justification is, I know what grace is. Yeah, you guys want to publish my book? But I don't want to read the Summa, you know. <laughs> and so I was thinking about this because this is actually Summa, not Soma. You love it? What? Ooh. Oh, huh. I like that. That a book. Yeah. Uh, this actually dovetails quite nicely. Sometimes things always work out. Um, with with what I was thinking about, because I I feel like I have um, maybe it's a Protestant mindset, maybe it's not. I don't know um, about my own justification and my own. Ju- when we say justification, we mean my my righteousness in the eyes of God. Yes, like how you get to heaven. Yes, my my being in right relationship with God, and the 
the whole Catholic perspective on justification is that it's it's a process, and you can lose your justification through mortal sin, um, and but you can regain your justification through confession and repentance. Yes, um, which to reiterate is God's action, which is God's in action, you, not me, not your action in God. Exactly, um, it's all by God's grace. It's only by God's grace through faith, and so. Just to be clear on what we're saying. Yes. Um, and so when I'm, I'm thinking about myself, right, and I'm a missionary, and I got a lot of stuff going on. You know, I go to Mass every day. I pray a holy hour every day. Um, I tend to avoid serious sin um, just as a matter <laughs> of preference. And um, there's all these things. And so... Big fan of not sinning. Big fan of that. And so sometimes, like maybe something will happen where I am super busy or I get caught up in stuff and I, I maybe have the opportunity to like go and pray my holy hour that day, but I don't like, sometimes I get off my schedule, like on the weekends, you know, during the week mm-hmm. is pretty easy, but on the weekends, maybe I'm off my schedule and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to pray my holy hour today. And yeah. I get, or I like, I have the intention to pray it and then I don't because I, I get caught up in other stuff. But there was like a deciding moment where I decided I'm not going to pray it right now, which ended up meaning that I'm not going to pray it ever. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and recently that happened and I was, I, I was kind of beating myself up about it. Cause I was like, yeah, I missed prayer this day. And like, that sucks. Like I, it, and it's not something that is conscious. Right. But I was praying about it and asking Jesus to like, show me like why I was kind of so upset with myself. Um, cause I, I think I view my, my spirituality and I view my relationship. I view my justification in terms of streaks, like if I'm on a <laughs> if I'm on a hot streak, then I am. Boy, howdy! You better believe I'm I'm justified, and I'll know it. And I yeah. it's great. And then if I if I lose my streak, then I'm like, well, I suck. This is the worst thing. Like I can't believe I did this, and it's hard to then return to God and like trust in His mercy. Because it's like, yeah. it's, it's what I did. Yeah, it was probably, it, it, it was a sin, right? Because I said no to God when he asked me to like come and pray, you know? Like that mm-hmm. was, that was mm-hmm. sinful. Was it on the level of like mortal sin? No. No. Um, so there's no real reason for me to like freak out. But I think that's how it is with a lot of people and a lot of things. And maybe there's a sin that you've conquered for a long time and maybe you fall back into it and you start to lose like your confidence in God's mercy. You start to lose your ability to see like, oh, God is forgiving. So my whole point in this is like, I wish that instead of viewing my my rightness with God in terms of like streaks, I viewed it in terms of like the relationship because I, th- but I think like the way, the culture that I was brought up in and the way that I was brought up um, where if I, if, cause I was a smart kid in school, you know, and at home. And so when I messed up, I was always told, Ethan, you're smarter than that. Ethan, yeah. you're, you're better than that. And so when I mess up now as an adult, like, I don't say like, Oh, I'm smarter than that. But I, I have this feeling of like, I shouldn't have done that. And I don't realize that I'm like actually a human being. And so I'm trying to figure out like how to have a better mindset. Like when I inevitably fail, um, and like how to square that with like there are obligations that God and the church place on me and I and I want to obey them and I want to follow them. But I also don't want like because so there are some obligations that if you miss like going to mass on Sundays, that is a mortal sin. And like you you can't 
just like hand wave that away and say like, well, God's yeah. mercy is, you know, like I'm okay. And so I'm trying to figure out like where I fit in with all these things. And I don't really have any formed thoughts clearly, <laughs> but I, do, do you, do you, what do you think about it? Does this make any sense at all with where you're at or where you've been? I feel that way currently last, the last two days have sucked mm. because I just feel like I can't sleep. Wow. And like, and everything comes Trump comes tumbling down or can't get enough sleep mm-hmm. and everything comes tumbling down when I don't get enough sleep. My eating habits are worse. My prayer habits are worse yeah. to the point of bad. I think my, I think my big, bad belly badness, big, bad belly badness. I think my, I said that I, I, I repeated that. Like that's a normal thing. That <laughs> um, I think I'm just so used to you at this point. It's <laughs> uh, uh, so funny. I do that often on this podcast. Yeah, anyway, sure so what I say, I just read what you say. Um, <coughs> I, 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 my, my extremeness goes, I'm like, well, I'm doing really good. And then like one thing falls and I just go, well, screw it. Everything mm-hmm. else sucks now too. I yes. mean, two donuts, baby. And I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to pray. Like, cause I might as, as everything, my routine is off. Right. That's just mm-hmm. how I roll. That's just how I react. And so I don't know. I feel you. I just don't know how this, how this fits into where everyone is culturally, like we were talking about. Yeah, I do. I do feel you, but, and I'm sure other people do as well, but yeah. Oh, I, I understand. We kind of cancel ourselves. Yes. Yep. That's, that's the whole it. Point. Yeah. I kind of cancel myself. I'm yeah. like, well, you know what? I'm screwed. Nothing I do matters now. turns out I wasn't good to begin with and I'm, I'm dumb. Negative self-talk, baby. It's bad. It's bad. What you got there? What are you, what are you pulling out of your bag there? I'm pulling out my there? journal because I wrote something, and I don't remember what it was, and I don't know if it's appropriate to share on the podcast, but gosh darn it, I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, the magic of editing. Yeah, I know. Movie magic. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to – yeah, I, I, I don't want to cancel myself, and I, I it is related because I think a lot of people, through because of the culture, have this mindset about them themselves and about their – their prayer and about their evangelization. And I feel like I, I, I don't believe that I am the reason that any one person, like I am the sole reason that any one person comes to know God through like my ministry, right? Like the Holy spirit is the principal agent of evangelization. I am here as an instrument of God. And I pray all the time for him to use me as an instrument so that I don't get prideful and decide like I can save this person. I mm. if I just say this thing, then they will do this, right? That's a constant battle that I have to fight with myself. But at the same time, right? I go and I do extra intercessory prayer for people and I see fruits of that prayer. Yeah. Like very tangibly, which is a huge gift and a huge grace. And in that prayer, I'm offering those souls to the Father and saying like these are yours, these are not mine. I don't want them. But then if I forget to pray or like if I don't have time to do that extra intercessory prayer, I I believe that then those fruits will stop. You know, and like I will st- like if huh, I have yeah. to I have to keep a constant beam of of prayer energy going towards God and when <laughs> I when my crystal gets turned off, you know, and the beam of energy stops going up, then he will stop sending it back down. And it's it's so hard because God does everything for us. We think God is a reflection of us instead of the other way around. Yeah, and like you know? <laughs> he he does ask for everything from us, but he like 
this is the infinite infinite nature of God that I don't understand. Is like uh-huh. he wants everything from me, but he gave everything to me, and he could do everything without me, but he wants me to be a part of it as much as as possible. Mm-hmm. And like the degree to which that I can do anything like that I can cooperate with him that I can cooperate in his plan that I can pray for his people and pray for myself and and all these things and get to know him it's like infinitesimally small compared to what he has done what he will do and what he is doing Mm -hmm. and so I'm it it puts me in this weird headspace where I'm like well I want to pray for these people and I want to keep seeing fruits um because I know that God loves my prayer and I know that he loves that I love these people and like he gives grace because of that but at the same time like if I fail he also doesn't stop loving these people he doesn't stop giving them graces but I know that there's a difference between the two and so it's hard to not feel like a complete and utter failure because of you miss out on this like opportunity for God to give grace and then I don't fully trust that he'll give it anyway um and I don't know. It's like very complex. Does any, it's, it's so, I don't know if I'm explaining it well. Cause I see my prayer as a work. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. A lot mo- more things are works than we think. Um, that's part of, I think that's part of, uh, where Protestants and Catholics differ. Mm-hmm. And, like why a lot of the modern arguments because we haven't defined what a work is what's a work patrick because i mean like when when people say works right like works don't save you right but at the same time say something like the sinner's prayer that saves you right that is a work but a lot of protestants don't see like that because it's prayer anything that we do right any action that we take any verbs any verbs that go is a is a work right grace doesn't stir grace doesn't like happen sanctifying grace doesn't happen when you do something actual grace happens when you do something right sanctifying grace is what you get at baptism that's what justifies you actual grace doesn't justify you actual grace brings you closer and closer to god do i get sanctifying grace again if i go into moral sin and then go to confession Or is it just actual grace again? Or is it the same um, sanctifying grace being reactivated in my soul? Habitual sanctifying grace is something that, that's what we say when we're saying in a state of grace. Uh We're talking about habitual sanctifying grace. Why it's called habitual is because it's a habit. It's something that's there always, unless you fall out of the habit, right? Unless you mortally sin, which means you commit grave matter with full knowledge that it was grave matter and you had full and full intent of the will. So some things that are grave matter are not mortal sin because you didn't do it with full knowledge, right? Like a kid looking at porn is not, is grave, but it's not full knowledge. Right. And then, um, full, uh, full intention of the will. If someone holds you up at gunpoint, or if you have an addiction, that's not always mortal sin because you didn't have full consent of the will. Now that if you do a mortal sin, if you check all those boxes and you did, you do yourself a mortal sin over there, then you no longer have habitual sanctifying grace in your soul. It's expelled from me. I've expelled Christ's life from my soul. You are, you are, you d- divine life now no longer dwells in you because you've rejected it. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I believe. Okay. 
And so what kind of grace you're do I... Still a, you're still baptized, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a grace. You well, still have sacramental grace of your baptism, but not. I don't think you have habitual sanctifying well, do grace. Do I get actual grace when I come back into a state of grace? Yes, you get habitual sanctifying grace back and the actual is grace of the sacrament. Is it the same grace or is it a different habitual sanctifying grace? It's the same habitual sanctifying grace for everyone. So it's just... Okay. Habitual sanctifying grace is the indwelling of the Trinity. Uh, it's a fancy word for God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just say God dwells within you, and then when you because Thomism. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's why. That's okay. why I can make it. I understand the dumb words better. So yeah, God so, like, dwells divine within divine life. Yeah, divine life. Divine grace life. is just divine life. Yes, grace is God's free gift of His own life to us. Which yes. Is, but then you split it up into these subcategories of God's life. And yes. it's like, you can't divide God, Patrick. Well, well we're not. We're not. It sounds like a, Thomas is trying to divide God. You can kind of divide God. But he's simple. Yes. But you can also say that is the father. That is the son. That is the Holy Spirit. You can divide God. <laughs> but he's, not being able to divide God is an Islamic idea. That's fair. It's a Muslim idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean. Can we say that we can both divide him and not divide him? Yes. Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's so a, you're right and I'm it's right. It's the both and of Catholicism, and of baby. Catholicism. I <laughs> no, hate so it all. I don't know how the reason <laughs> the reason why the reason why actual grace and habitual sanctifying grace needs to be separated is because you get actual grace mm-hmm. from like making a pilgrimage, right? That's not habitual sanctifying grace. Yeah. The habitual sanctifying grace is what gets you in the doors, right? It's what it's what makes you able to stand in the presence of God. Actual grace moves you closer. Mm. So like when you go to confession, right? You get habitual sanctifying grace regardless as long as you are making as long as you are repentant, you have confessed your sins and you receive habitual sanctifying grace. If you say your penance sloppily and without care, you get a little bit of actual grace. If you say your penance reverently and you like try to say your penance and like more is done because your your heart is opened up to god's life more that makes sense you're not for you don't have more habitual sanctifying grace there's only like one kind of that you either have it or you don't actual grace you can have more of that's how people get holier Mm -hmm. they have more actual grace acting in their soul yeah so i understand all of this yes i i just want to make sure our terms are correct for yes. our audience. So wh- so a work okay. gets you actual sanctifying grace. Okay. Actual grace, sorry. But wh- let's say I, a work gives me actual grace, right? Because because reality it's it's not the work it's not that I'm earning it, it's that I'm participating in in Christ on earth, right? Like Christ's body is alive on earth mm-hmm. right now made up of all of everybody who's been baptized. Yes. And so by participating in Christ's works of you know, healing uh, evangelizing, ministering to the poor, um, like all those things, listening to somebody, like all, it's it could be any number of things, but like being a Christ-like person, right? Conforming yourself to Christ is that is a good work, right? Which provides actual grace. So my question is, is like if I stop doing the thing that Christ would do, right? Which is pray for His people always. So let's say I let's say I forget to do intercessory prayer or like I choose not to do intercessory prayer for a group of men. The actual grace from my work does not that then get applied to them. But it also could be because God can give grace whenever he wants. So I'm like there's no grace that comes from my work, but I still trust that God has infinite graces that he gives regardless of my failures. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, yeah. it's this, it is the economy of grace, but I don't want to think about it in terms of an economy because it stresses me out. Yeah. And it's not, it's, <laughs> it's funny because it's not like we, we are, we are silly little humans and we think of our actions as vacuumed, right? Yeah. We're like, I do this thing and an effect happens, yes. right? But in reality, there's two things that come before and after because God is the beginning and the end, right? Whenever you do something, God prompts you first. And the only thing that you did right was listen. The only thing that you did right is like, if I, if, if God tells you to do something, uh-huh. do it. Yes. Right. And so that's, that's what our works. I mean, it's more of a mindset shift. I don't know. I want to say that, but it is kind of a mindset shift. It's like mind understanding. pump, mind pump, baby. It's like God prompts, God wants to work through me. And so he works. Right. He says, I'm, I want to do this thing. And then we say no. And then he says, I respect you, which is nuts. Mm. Or we say yes. And he works through us. But if something needs to happen, if, if he needs grace, he'll do it. Right. Regardless, mm. he wants, he wants to give grace, right. It, it's going to go somewhere, you know? Yeah. I feel like even, and it looks weird, even if like, cause like, like Jonah, right. It's constant denial, constant denial, constant denial. God is allowing that denial to not bear any fruit because mm-hmm. he has something bigger planned, namely a whale, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's funny or a fish, fish, a large fish, a large fish. I, I say all these things, not because I, I want anybody to think that I'm having a crisis of faith, but because I want people to understand that like we are under no obligation from God to be perfect evangelists, to be perfect ministers, to be perfect friends or husbands or thank God wives. I know. And I feel like because of the culture and because of what we've been taught growing up of, especially if you've been raised in a situation where you have been given a lot of privileges, like you are expected to not waste those privileges, both uh, very directly and intentionally from people that you look up to and subconsciously from your entire culture. Like you have every advantage. Why aren't you using it? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Rise and grind get on that side hustle. <laughs> and then we think like, oh man, now I got this faith thing. Now I got this God thing. I'm trying to work this, but I can't seem to do it right. I keep messing up. I keep failing. And I think it's we, we need to grow in our understanding of, first of all, how much God actually loves us, like contemplation of God's love for us individually, um, because that should set you rights pretty well and if that doesn't help contemplating god's infinite mercy that should help and it's i and i try to pray about those things but i still feel like um a failure sometimes which god allows for a reason and maybe it's just to show me like where my sin actually is because it's not necessarily my sin isn't necessarily in the fact that i did do the thing or i did not do the thing my sin could be in allowing myself to develop a mindset that led to um, not doing the thing, not doing the thing. And so it's, I think he's allowing me to experience this sense of failure and this sense of frustration at myself because he wants to heal. He wants to heal me. Like he wants to heal something deeper. Yeah. That's what I tell. That's what I told my kids last Sunday. It's like God primarily wants to heal and that's the miracle. Mm -hmm. We're talking about miracles right now. And it's like God in John 14 is like, you will do all of these things that I have done and, and greater. greater and greater 
And yeah. how. And how. And I was like, the greater, ironically to us, because we're silly, we don't think about these things, the greater thing is healing broken hearts because that can't be done. Like, any doctor worth his salt can give you a flu shot, you know? Like, any doctor can can set a broken wrist, you know? But, like, and or can, like, heal a broken leg and you can walk again, you know? But no doctor can just, like, heal your heart for you. That's not a reality, you know? So only God truly can heal hearts, and that's the most important thing. Um, and not, not just healing for its own sake, right? But healing so that um, it grows right. It comes back, like, grows back to him. It's like when St. Ignatius broke his leg twice. You know that story? Um, yes. St. Ignatius, whose feast day Phoebe and I happen to be getting married oh, on. Oh, really? Look at that. Yeah. Um, so send presents. Uh, St. Ignatius broke his leg and at the time stockings were in. And so he was, they were going to notice that his leg was misshapen. And so he had the doctor break it again. So it would heal properly and look like a normal leg again because he was so vain. But God is willing to break your heart again, right? To break you down again, if you're not healing correctly (laughs) so that you can heal properly and properly, I mean, heal towards him, right? Like you need to not only be able to walk but you need to be shaped correctly too, shaped to his image right and so that's that's the analogy that i just pulled from that story i've known forever i never thought about it like that but i think that that's a good way to put it that's amazing we're very over time we are i uh, i'm gonna edit this down pretty bad patrick where uh where can the people find you so you guys know where you can find us at the Crunchcast on Twitter, at the Crunchcast on Instagram, Apostle at Catholic Pat. But I do want to say to all of you guys, uh, thank you for those of you guys who have supported us on Patreon. Uh, if people have dropped out, we get it. Some people messaged us and said, we're sorry. We understand the best way for you to support the show. I don't know if people actually know this. The best way for you to support the show is patreon.com slash the crunch. Yes. The best way to support us is to pray for us. The best way to support the the show show is patreon.com slash the crunch. Yeah, there's a bunch of there was a bunch of reward tiers. And most importantly, you'll be added to our Facebook page where we interact pretty much every other day, if not like at least every week with our patrons. And it's a great little community. It's real fun. Sometimes memes get posted. Sometimes goofs get posted here and there. And yeah, so patreon.com slash the crunch because we're like realizing that we need to like be adults now and pay bills Patrick um, a lot of times says we when he's just talking about himself I need to well I mean you you texted me recently saying hey you need to send me Patreon yeah money. that's just because <laughs> my radiator fell out of my car <laughs> I had to get a new one we're not in college anymore folks so we're looking we're looking for ways to to sell merch so that you guys can like you know have t-shirts and stuff and then we can also pay rent <laughs> Because it actually, I remember when I was a kid, it was like, if you did, if you had a YouTube channel and you started selling stuff, you were a sellout. Mm-hmm. Now people like expect you to sell merch because like everyone understands. Merch gang. Merch gang. How, how hard it is to actually, you know, do this full time, you know. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Please send all words that rhyme with at to Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week.